there is no time like the 2020s to start a company, to start a startup. You know, with the rise of the internet, you can learn anything at a very low cost, if not for free. You can build anything without needing to know how to code with tools like Bubble and Adalo. And you can get the word out about your products for free by using you know sites like Twitter, Product Hunt, and Reddit. There's no time like the 2020s to build a company. Yet one element of kind of entrepreneurship and company building that hasn't caught up with the times is venture capital. Unless you live you know, in San Francisco or New York, chances are you may know what venture capital is, but you may not really know how it works. You may not know who the good VCs are. And you may not know how they think. So with this podcast of forward-thinking investors, I want to dive into this world. I want to help anyone in the world understand what is venture capital, who are the great venture capitalists, and how do they think about their day-to-day with the goal to help more people understand how it works so they can go out and raise capital for themselves. And they can build billion-dollar companies just like you know Larry did at Google or Travis did at Uber or Katrina did at Stitch Fix. That can be you, but it just takes some education. And I'm using this podcast as a medium to teach everyone more about venture capital. So if you want to learn about it, you want to dive in, you want to meet some awesome investors, stick around, listen to some episodes, and I, and I hope you enjoy. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Catherine Finney, who's the founder of Genius Guild. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's great. It's a beautiful day here in Atlanta. Awesome to hear. It's also, you know, a it's one of those days where, you know, in Phoenix, it doesn't rain that often, but it's not, it's sometimes, you know, when you have no clouds in the sky, it's like, yes, it's going to be a good day. So yes. we're starting this, this podcast off with some good weather energy, which is great. Um, so for people that haven't heard of uh, Genius Guild, haven't heard of your company, can you kind of let us know what are you working on? What is Genius Guild? Yeah. So we're a business creation platform that invests in innovations that are working to end racism. Um, And we do that by investing in black founders who are building scalable, uh, high growth startups that serve black communities and beyond. So walk me through a little bit about the um, the nature of the companies you like working with. Is there a certain sector? Obviously, you have the underlining, underlining element of companies that help end racism. Um, is there any specific technology or kind of element that you look for in companies you work with? Or is it just kind of depend on a situation to situation? Yeah, well, all the companies we work with have to have technology as its backbone. Um, and we take a very broad sense of of technology or your staff, right? We're not necessarily saying that you need to have a full GitHub (laughs) or anything like that, but but you have to be using tech in order to be able to scale because we firmly believe in order to have the sort of systemic change that we're looking for, particularly to address a problem as big as racism, that you're going to have to have the ability to scale quickly and at low cost. And you really can't do that unless you're implementing technology. Um, But again, we have a broad view. There's a number of companies that are building very successful companies on top of Instagram, um, which was something I've learned about. And we're talking about companies who have revenues in like seven, eight figures, um, which is pretty amazing. And so the three core areas in which we invest are companies that are working on innovations that restructure the flow of capital, particularly in Black communities, 
but can scale beyond. So we're looking at companies like Greenwood Bank, which is Killer Mike's um, new sort of a banking startup that's rethinking banking and community lending within Black communities. Um, another area that we invest in are companies that are uh, focusing on healthy communities. Um, my background is as an epidemiologist, so I'm very um, concerned about health and obviously have gotten a lot of calls from friends and family this past year. <laughs> um, but companies that are rethinking clinical trials and clinical participation is one area that I'm particularly interested in. Um, also companies that are rethinking environmental impact. Um, there are some companies and some processes, particularly that are inherent in the Black community, but also it's been to other communities that are really wasteful. And so how do we rethink that? Um, there's a number, for example, of companies that are rethinking um, you know, menstrual products and how to make them biodegradable and also safe and health, health healthy. Um, and then last but not least are uh, companies that are looking at innovations around connectivity and belonging. Um, we live in a very disconnected world right now on many, many different levels. And so companies that are fostering connectivity is of great interest to us. Um, and it could be connectivity from helping, you know, my mother, who's a church lady, be able to stay connected with her church community, um, which is a huge market, to uh, creating communities and spaces for um, communities that may be marginalized within larger communities. So um, one of my favorite startups is a startup called Quirktastic. Um, and it's a community of um, people of color, quirky folks who are into anime and comic books and stuff like that, which hasn't really been nurtured within the larger sort of quirk community. Um, and really building a community for this group uh, from a business end, this group happens to be incredibly profitable. Um, these are people who spend yearly, you know, two to $3,000 just on going to Comic-Con and pretty much all their disposable income on doing cosplay, um, which is very, very lucrative, right? And so it's not only creating this community and sense of belonging, but it's also very profitable um, and very, very lucrative at the same time. And that's what we look for. So walk me through a little bit about the the origin of story for Genius Guild. Um, I guess the, the twofold question is, um, why did you decide to start it? And I think the, uh, the other question is like, why now? You know, I think in every origin story of people that come on the podcast is always, you know, they could have started it five years ago. They could have waited five years, but there was a, a, or, you know, they decided to start it now or when they started it. So for you, can you kind of share the origin story for Genius Guild and why you decided to bring this into, uh, into existence? Yeah, you yeah, know, my, my answer to that is often, why not? Um, <laughs> you know, if I had to think of the, idea for Genius Guild, it, I, it's something I've been thinking about for years, actually. And it's this concept of like, how do we create a space where everyone can win? Um, founders, investors like myself, as well as the communities in which I'm a part of, how do we align that? Is that even possible in this world? And so the idea comes really from that. And it's a lifetime of doing sort of work that's led up to this, this continuum that's led up to this. And when I knew I could really do it was in 
March of 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, I was the CEO and founder of a um, social enterprise called Digital Divided that's mostly known for this Project Diane report, but the first to sort of document um, the fact that women of color startups weren't receiving any funding. And so in March, we saw how hard it was for particularly Black women entrepreneurs to get PPP loans. Um, and you virtually couldn't get those loans unless you had a private banker. And so I had uh, given out a certain amount of money, like a small grant to our portfolio and saw that it had a profound impact on the companies and founders. And so I was scheduled to go on a, a cruise that was never going to happen because this was <laughs> April of last year. It was a cruise going to Alaska, leaving from Seattle. And in my family, we call that the cruise that will never, ever happen. The vacation that's just the lost vacation is what we call <laughs> and was kind of feeling like I needed to do something. Um, it was my birthday. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go anywhere. As an epidemiologist, I knew things weren't going to get well. It was going to get much worse before it got better. I, I knew that from just the science. The science was all there and, and the structural challenges were all there. And so I took the money and started what was called the Dooney Fund. And the Dooney Fund was named after my grandmother, Catherine Dooney Hell. And the idea was to give these small micro grants of $100 to Black women entrepreneurs for them to use in whatever way they needed to use it to help their companies. And so it started off really, really small. And I was going to give out 100 to taking my vacation money. And it was around my birthday. So I asked friends like, hey, you know, I don't want anything nor need anything. Can you give money to this? And then people started to give money and partners started to give money. And we ended up giving out $160,000 worth of microloans. We gave out microloan or not microloans, excuse me, microinvestments. We gave out over 1,500 microinvestments in a six-week time period. And what that showed me was A, we were at a time where people were open to thinking differently and doing things differently. And a crisis has a way of doing that. Um, and that the old rules that restricted our ability to be really, truly innovative were off. Um, and I often say, if anyone tells you now how things should be done, um, particularly in this moment we are in, they are probably not people you should listen to because we're all figuring out. We're in a very different world now. And so the trigger for Genius Guild was, oh my goodness, I can actually do something different. I was leaving the organization. I was going to take time off. Um, and the day that I left was the day that George Floyd was murdered. Like, exactly. And I'm from Minneapolis. So it was deeply triggering for me on a level that um, wasn't just, you know, here's somebody who's a part of my community who was murdered, but this is a town, this is my hometown. This is a city I know, like George Floyd was murdered six blocks away from where I went to elementary school. Like I know this community, this is my community. These are my people. These are people I went to high school with, people I went to elementary school with, friends and family. And so it was deeply triggering and it made me think, of, you know, what can I do? What can be bold? What's sustainable? Um, did not feel that a nonprofit route was going to be right because nonprofit is deeply uh, challenging to be innovative in the nonprofit. That's 
you know, nonprofits are inherently not innovative. Um, and I had, you know, had a startup that I had scaled and sold before and wanted to get back to the for-profit space. And so really started to think of unique skill from that point. And um, luckily for me, I had relationships where I was able to raise really quickly um, and to hire amazing people really quickly uh, because of the work that I had did before. And I guess for for the the next question, and I would say probably probably the last one. Um, you know, I'm curious. So you started this, you know, this firm, this company, you know, in order to solve, you know, a massive problem. You're doing it. You've you already outlined kind of what company you're trying to work with, and you are working with. I guess I'm curious of you know, in 10 years or in 15 years, um, a, as you operate the Genius Guild. Um, what do you see it looking like in a decade or two? Or I guess in other words, what's your big vision for Genius Guild and, and kind of what direction are you rowing in every day as, as you wake up and work on it, you know, daily? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, looking 10 years out, I would love to say that Genius Guild doesn't need to exist, but I know that's not going to happen um, because it, the problem is, is a deep, intractable problem that few have taken this sort of market-based approach to, to figuring out. Um, and so if I look at the future of Genius Guild, what I see is that, you know, we're at the end of our first fund, because that will be ending around 10 years, and that we will have documented success and can prove that you can get a great IRR, you know, as people um, in, in this space know, from creating a space in which everyone can win, and that everyone winning is profitable. It's profitable, it's good business, um, we can all win. Maybe you're not getting 100x, but maybe you got 50x, and that's good, right? That's still great. Um, and really sort of having, you know, Genius Guild having really forced people to rethink things, similar to what I did with Project Diane, of just rethink what winning means um, and rethink the space and prove that winning for everyone is profitable. I think if there's anything that comes out of Genie Skill, I would, um, I think that would be a massive win. And that would mean that also us as Genie Skill as a company was able to win ourselves, that we were able to create value that then was returned back to us. And we were able to create value to our LPs and value to our community and value to the founders that we serve. And for my last question, you know, if someone is listening to this, and they, they want to learn more or they want to get involved in any capacity, I guess, how can people find you online? And in what ways can, can the forward thinking founders community help? Like, are you looking yeah. for more founders? Are you looking for LP? You know, ultimately, how can um, the listeners assist with what you're doing here at Genius Guild? Yeah, and thank you for asking that question. I think the, the biggest thing is to, you know, first, always you know, follow us online and I'm on a lot of, I'm on all the social medias at Catherine Finney. Um, I think the other way in which to help is definitely if you know of amazing black founders, please have them pitch the company. The thing that I always say is let me say no. Like you don't say no for me. So pitch, you never know. Um, and so definitely sharing what we're doing with them and asking the pitch. We have a very um, equitable process. 
we're actually going to, we're developing our wiki. It's based a lot on how Bloomberg Beta has their public wiki of how they make decisions. We're actually developing that and hopefully that'll be up in the next like week or two of like, how do we make decisions? How do we determine what we invest in? Um, all of those sort of things, who our LPs are, um, being like very, very public and open and transparent. Um, and anyone who's interested in, in, in getting involved in working with us, um, we are really fortunate to have raised um, now over $7 million before we really became public. Um, and so we're fortunate to be in an interesting position, but if there are operator investors out there, we still have a little, we're, we're close to being unsubscribed, but we still have a little space. And the reason why I say operator investors in particular is because they will bring a sense of, of um, knowledge and sponsorship that will support the portfolio. And we're always for that, um, particularly those who have built things before. Uh, a lot of our founders at the point in which we invest is early stage, very early stage. So um, having another sponsor, mentor who is built, who can understand what sort of structural things you need at that point is really, really, really helpful to our portfolio. And then if someone's kind of in that category or just wants to learn more, reach out and kind of get involved. Uh, my last question, is, I, I, I can you know, I keep saying that, but this is my last question is how can someone find you online? Um, do you, you know, what's your website? Do you social yeah. media, an email address? How can someone kind of get in touch if they want to get involved? Sure. There's geniusguild.co um, is our website. If you search Genius Guild on almost any platform will pop up. It's literally at Genius Guild is our IG handle. Genius Guild is the name on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Um, for me, it's Catherine Finney. If you, if you Google, like there's a lot on Catherine Finney. Um, so if you Google, you'll find a, a lot about me. Um, it's literally Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Finney, F-I-N-N-E-Y. Um, and that is on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Instagram. I'm, hi, I'm Catherine. Um, so it's not, um, we're, we're out there a lot. Uh, please follow us on LinkedIn. Please follow us on Instagram. We put out a lot of information. Um, we have a podcast that's coming out in the next two weeks called Build a Damn Thing. It's a narrative podcast about what does it take to build a company when you are a Black woman entrepreneur? What does that, what is it like for you to build a startup? Um, and the first season is about me and it's a retrospective. So it goes back and talk with my, everyone from my mom to my student council advisor, to employees at my first company that I sold, to my employees now and to LP. So it's fascinating, um, even for me, cause I'm like, wow, <laughs> some of the things that people say, but like, you know, how, what was it like? Um, and, and what does it take to be an entrepreneur? when you don't fit into a certain mold or idea of what a founder or a startup founder um, looks like. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that. I'll definitely be on the lookout for the podcast. And just thank you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing what you're what you're working on, um, how you're how you're helping entrepreneurs and how people listening can get involved with with Genius Guild. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And best of luck building this out and making your vision happen. Okay. Thank you so much.